you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it is my favorite day of the week where you get to hear a story from my special guest that is going to be joining me today. This is Miss Sloan Reed, and Sloan's story is very special. And she is going to share the evolution of this beautiful woman physically inside and out and her story that goes along with this. Now, before we intro- uh, before I introduce uh, Sloan and have Sloan join me, I'd like to ask you to share this out on your social media platforms because I know that there are thousands of people that need to hear Sloan's story. Uh, friends of yours, colleagues of yours, because it is in the information of the story. They say success leaves clues. I don't like clues. I like to hear the whole story, the full enchilada, the whole enchilada, as I say, because though the essence, the evolution of Sloan's story, you will see yourself within this story and you will see aha moments that you can see how you can take this piece of information and use it for your own life and others, you know, that are with you in your life. So it is truly an um, honor to have you with us. And I truly ask you, if you would, to share this out on your social media platforms. It's live streaming on YouTube. So you can always go and go to previous shows because there are so many wonderful shows on YouTube. And then by next Tuesday, this show with a Sloan will be on all the podcasting platforms. So you'll be able to work out of the gym or take your walk or just, you know, whatever you're doing at home and listen to Sloan Reed's story. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Miss Sloan Reed. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you? I am so blessed to have you here with me, Sloan. Been looking forward to this time together to, I know a little bit about you, but I I always learn things about a person in Unique Leaders Live, so I know that our guests, our audience will truly be blessed by your story. Well, I just am so blessed to be here. Thank you so much for the honor and the pleasure. I was watching your preview and all just the incredible leaders that you're able to gather is so just so phenomenal. And it's a real honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Truly my pleasure, Sloan. Truly. So let's go back to young Sloan and where you were born. Where did you grow up? A little bit about your childhood. And that led you to uh, your on to your journey. Absolutely. So I grew up in El Paso, Texas. Um, I used to tell about West Texas town of El Paso. Um, grew up born and raised. Um, I was my family was born and raised there. My parents were, and so it's generations upon generations were there, and um, they had built an incredible. I would say enterprise for lack of a better word. It was, and so that was the family that I was born into is just incredible leaders for lack of a better word, but entrepreneurs and business owners and um, a variety of things. Um, So I always joke that in my early years, even with a bottle in my mouth, I was at a board meeting, (laughs) even at a very young age, it was just what I grew up in. And that was normal to me is client dinners and board meetings and all of that. Well, but I think what was really special about my childhood is I had an incredible role models from my mother who fought for her education and even just in the last decade got her PhD. So she, she always strived for her education. Um, her mother instilled the importance of education and the importance of that foundation. And then on my dad's side, the spirit of entrepreneurship. So with this balance of mm-hmm. understanding those putting yourself out there, but also having this fundamental to fall back on is this constant internal mm-hmm. balancing act that I think has carried with me for a really long time. And as I was f- reflecting on when you hinted that you wanted to know the behind the scenes from a very young age, I was reflecting like, what what gifts did my family and my upbringing give, give me along the way? And I think it's that constant balance and that push to have that well-roundedness of experiences. And so that was something that was always important to my mom. She always 
said, I don't need you to have straight A's. I don't need you to be top of anything. I just want you to be well-rounded and experience as much as you can as often as you can. Mm -hmm. So I, but I was very competitive being surrounded by all these achievers. Um, my dad built this incredible empire of a construction business that touched many, and it wasn't just in construction. It was in fabricating and manufacturing and a, a ranch and a trucking line. Like it was never just one thing. And I watched him build this empire and my grandmother with her art and she was a phenomenal artist and then built a beautiful five-star steakhouse, just all these achievers around me. And the same with my mother. Hello, Dr. Mom. <laughs> um, all these achievers, I that competitive nature of wanting to strive to do my best um, was also instilled in that balancing act of entrepreneurship and education. And so I was a competitive swimmer, very, very young, but I also barrel raced. I did beauty pageants. I was, I was, I think a pride officer was my official title as student body in the student body um, mm -hmm. realm. I was captain of the swim team. Um, all of the things I was, I led in the third grade. I led a poll for children to practice voting in a presidential election. So if to pinpoint one thing of what I did, um, I would say it would be impossible because it was really a little bit of everything. And I've seen that trend continue throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And little that, you know, I've known you for a bit now and uh, mm -hmm. we're in a book a club together. And so I hear, you know, bits and pieces of your uh, story. Uh, but it, did you have siblings? I do. I do. I have a little brother. Yes. Yes. I have a little brother. Uh, we are 13 months apart uh, and we are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, he is absolutely brilliant in his own way. He is just, he can listen to any song and tell you every drum beat, every musical note. Um, he's a large equipment mechanic and he is just fascinated by all of it. But what was interesting about our dynamic growing up is I was very much the overachiever, the quote unquote golden child, uh, president of everything, like wanting to be captain of everything, involved in everything. And he was very much not into competition, didn't want a lot of team sports. Um, he wanted a job and he wanted to work on his truck and be a BMX all-star. He had those BMX bikes. And so that was very much him as we were, had very different passions growing up, but it was, um, my, my bless my mother for managing it. So we lost our father, uh, when we were, I was nine and my brother was eight. And oh. so overnight, my mom became a single parent of two very different children mm -hmm. um, and how she managed that. It would have been so much easier if we were exactly alike. Right. <laughs> but uh, I think that, that's not right. always the right. bookend there. Yes. <laughs> Did she, keep, did she keep the empire going or what happened with that? So that was on my dad's side. That was mm -hmm. his. Um, mm -hmm. And but even that, like the resilience of her. So that was my dad's baby, but it was he owned it with my grandparents and his siblings. And so that was their side of it. And they were very gracious to kind of keep up in the, us in the loop for a lot of things. However, my mother built her own empire. And that was why she was so passionate. Before we my father passed, um, she had gotten her master's and she excuse me, she had gotten her bachelor's degree mm -hmm. and um, went back to school and earned that. And then after shortly after he passed, she went got got her master's and started her own companies and started building her own empire. And now she has her PhD and is a college professor. And she, I, but I think that is just a testimony to her resilience and why I see the importance of balance of building a strong foundation to build off of because she had that strong foundation. She yes. was able with a lot of obstacles and challenges, but she was able to overcome them with such grace and beauty and love and. She is the prime example of unconditional love, of not letting your circumstances harden her because no one would have judged her if she became bitter and angry. And But that wasn't her. That wasn't her story. And mm -hmm. to be, I think when we hear the word, word resilience, we think of toughness, right? Mm -hmm. And with her, it's quite the opposite. It, she showed me that resilience can be soft and still beautiful and loving. Right. It's that commitment to what you believe in and your passion mm -hmm. and mission. Yes. And then your values, of course. So now you do not live in El Paso, Texas. So when did one leave, uh, you know, uh, the Texas uh, borders or did you stay in Texas or what was the next step in your journey? Oh, that's an adventure for sure. So again, I'm everyone like my family was very well connected in El Paso. Um, so I had a 
very strong network that they built. And mm-hmm. so that was a little uncomfortable for me because Miss Independent, Miss Overachiever wanted to do it on her own. And I honestly think the best thing that happened to me while in high school was um, I was a people to people student ambassador. And so I actually traveled to Australia for three weeks. And that was so eye opening to me for me to realize that the, the El Paso is a very big city, but it, I always joke that it's a big city with a small town mentality. And yes. so to get out of it and to experience the world and not being able to depend on my family's network or no one cares that I'm captain of anything, right? Kind of seeing this whole world of opportunities Mm -hmm. was really, really, really exciting for me. And so when I came back, it was so funny. I came back and I was on a mission and I ended up going to school. I graduated. So I skipped a grade somewhere in there. I did a semester of seventh and a semester in eighth. Again, that overachiever spirit just decided to do middle school in one year. Uh, so I skipped a grade. some level, that's good. You know, middle school in is theory, tough. Yeah, in theory, but that also meant that I started high school at 13. And um, I ha- I'm an April baby. And so I was 16 my entire senior year. But to mm-hmm. add to that, I had barely turned 17 when I graduated. Mm-hmm. So my, and then I decide, bless my mother for believing in me and supporting me. I decide to, I believe on a good day, it's eight to 10 hours away to go to school at Texas A&M University. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a haul for a 17 year old girl to make on her own. I didn't travel with any friends. I knew nobody. And I go to a brand new city um, all by myself. And I lived by myself. And I was 17 my entire freshman year in college and didn't turn 18 until April of my freshman year. Uh, So that was an adventure in itself, a big learning curve. Um, I had, I did terrible my first year in college, uh, not only just overwhelmed by having all the freedom and um, my grades were awful. I wanted, again, I got excited and I wanted to do too many things. I wanted to do a sorority. I wanted to be president of my class. I I wanted to do all of these things. Well, my grades suffered because Mm -hmm. of that. Um, by striving to do too much, I started to fall, crumble in as I spread my foundation too thin. And so with that, um, I really struggled um, with academically my first year. And so I had to spend the rest of the years and coming from a mother and a grandmother who education was everything uh, that was unacceptable. <laughs> and so I really had to reevaluate my priorities and um, my goals, but still by being true to me, which is this well-rounded, involved and have a lot of irons in the fire type personality, but it was my first lesson in really balance and under mm-hmm. and failure, to be honest with you. It was a hard failure that I couldn't do it all. And probably the first time that I had realistically heard that, like in the past, when I heard you can't do it all, I always overcame that. Mm-hmm. And this was like the first time that I was like, I couldn't do it all. And it, it was the first lesson in priorities and understanding the values. And so, yeah, I was at Texas A&M for five years. I got an extra victory lap to get my minor. Um, and honestly, to spend, to protect me from the real world one more year. <laughs> so in Texas, and, and as you know, um, having grown up in Texas, I'm a New York girl deep in the heart of Texas, but that UT and that Aggie thing, that's a very competitive situation here in Texas. So you're you're an Aggie. I am. Yes. 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 Uh, Yeah. But not, I, I miss Texas quite a bit, but to answer your question, no, I'm not there anymore. After college, I spent some time traveling, um, spent some time all over, like kind of living all over the place. I spent some time in Austin, spent some time in Dallas, even a short little window in LA. Um, yeah, I was just kind of all over. And then, um, I came back to college station for a little bit and then overnight, like decided to move to Nashville on like, just, I didn't want to be, and I love my Texans, but it's very hard for us to leave Texas. <laughs> and so I didn't want to be that Texan. Remember, like I was the girl that went to Australia when she was a baby for three weeks right. on her own and moved 13 hours away. And I, I was ready for my next jump, my next mm-hmm. adventure. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Texas was a big safety net for me. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided to go to Nashville, no job, no money. Um, I did take a safety net with me though, unintentionally. Uh, I remember calling my mother and her and I are very close. And I was going to explain to her that I was moving to Nashville and I was going to have to answer to this very like an importance of fallback plan. Remember Mrs. Education, always structure, always security Mm -hmm. blanket. And I'm about to tell her that I'm going to move to a different state, a different city without a job 
job without a place to live. And I was going to figure it out when I got there in my early twenties. Right. But the crazy thing within, but what was amazing is in that same window, her fiance at the time, now husband, um, had received a job offer in Nashville in a, a town South of Nashville called Brentwood, uh, a little subdivision of Nashville. And so she was like, so we're moving to Nashville and I had no idea how to tell you. And so it was just in February of 2012, her and I moved to Nashville with her now husband. Um, I very graciously, we lived together for two weeks and that was good. <laughs> and so yeah. I found an apartment very quickly mm-hmm. to preserve the, 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 well, how much I cherish our relationship to preserve that. <laughs> and she's a newlywed to boot. So yes, and sure. I was. Uh, she, well, she, she got married after I got moved out. Thank goodness. Um, but I, so she could have that season, but I also had been on my own since 17 Mm -hmm. and to move back in with mommy at 22, 20, I just turned 23. was like a nightmare for me. It just wasn't. And she's very, very structured and she has all these amazing, wonderful skills and she's very protective of me. And I had been on my own taking care of myself for six years at this point. Mm -hmm. And so it was a good adjustment and a balance for us. Um, but luckily we both had enough love and respect for one another that we saw the opportunity. And so, um, I very graciously got my own apartment. Um, but yeah. And then shortly after, um, I met my husband very quickly after that, um, in May, I, I worked a bunch of some career jumps in there that were all part of the story of what I do now and met my husband. And during that season, we eventually, he, we got moved to Kentucky and roundabout now in Tennessee, back in Tennessee and Chattanooga. And we're hoping for some roots here. And we're very, very, we love this community so much. So it's been an adventure. (laughs) Well, I was in Nashville two weekends ago for a seminar. And I noticed as I was in the cab that, um, you know, Chattanooga is, is not that far. Two hours. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw the sign on the interstate saying Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so back to when you uh, and your mom and her mm-hmm. husband moved to um, Nashville, what were some of those career um, evolutions that you were involved with then? Oh, it was an adventure. Okay. So in college, I modeled throughout college. Uh, so that helps me um, help pay for college. And then I also was a bartender in college and worked at a country club and all the college things that you do that I loved. Um, but in that last year, I was actually interning and was an assistant at a marketing agency when I was still in Texas. Mm-hmm. And also um, I had the opportunity, one of my bosses when I was bartending gave me an incredible opportunity to help him open a tequila bar in Texas. And so I helped him launch that. I was his uh, manager and marketing director and we got that thing and launched at the ground and it was so incredible. Um, So when I moved to Nashville, I'm thinking, small college and it's called Northgate into um, in college station, which is the place uh, for college students to celebrate the big game or just uh, finals. Mm -hmm. And so I was, but it's a very still sheltered environment, very different than Nashville, (laughs) downtown Nashville, Um, but naive 23 year old Sloan. It's like, I'm going to get a job bartending in downtown Nashville until I get on my feet. Um, So I did that for a hot minute, (laughs) but it was a very hot minute, Um, but it, it was a good wake up call for me. It was a good, good transition and a good thing to say, like, hey, you're not in the sheltered college station anymore. And it was still I that was very I believe God and my dad protected me every step of the way and surrounded me with just incredible people that looked out for me the entire time in my naiveness mm-hmm. <laughs> and guided me through, including my now husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quickly left that scene um, and became for a hot minute. This was one of the most eye-opening experiences. I worked for a business management firm, um, but they managed, and I was pretty much like the concierge client relations, um, handled all of the errands. A glorified assistant is probably mm-hmm. what I would call myself in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it was with all the uh, several Titans football players and international superstars. Mm-hmm. I'll let you assume what big names those are, mm-hmm. but huge names and I had the opportunity to work there for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and But that was probably the biggest learning experience for me. Um, I would re- describe that experience to like the devil wears Prada type environment, if you okay. know what I mean. Okay, it's a good visual. You can see that, yes. Very mm-hmm. much that environment. And I didn't handle it as well as Anne Hathaway did. <laughs> she, she was a pro. Um, so I didn't last very long. I actually got fired. 
And the reason I got fired was from a massive miscommunication. Um, I was accused of something that was not true. Mm -hmm. And I was just not experienced. And honestly, I wasn't secure enough to stand up for myself in that moment. Mm -hmm. I was so desperate for a job. I was so desperate for to make ends meet and live out on my own because I didn't Mm -hmm. want to live with my mom. And so I had to pay the bills. And I just had was holding so hard onto my independence that I was very desperate for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And there I didn't. But because of that, I didn't have the confidence and the strength. I honestly didn't know who I was. And I didn't know that I was allowed to stand up for myself. And I didn't know, like, it's just one of my favorite quotes is when you don't stand, if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you stand for, you fall for everything. Mm -hmm. And that is a perfect example Mm -hmm. of me just allowing, and I don't fault the environment. I don't fault the person who fired me. I don't fault the owner of the company. Like they were leading in the way that they lead. It was me who didn't have the strength Mm -hmm. to be able to stand tall in that environment. And instead Mm -hmm. I allowed the environment to influence me and allow me to power down. Mm -hmm. So I honestly think that was just another incredible blessing of God protecting me. And then I left that opportunity and was very fortunate to find another job in a recruiting firm. Mm -hmm. And another, I I call it was like boot camp. It was like sales boot camp, but I'm selling Mm -hmm. people. So Mm -hmm. if you don't sell a widget, it sits on the shelf. If you Mm -hmm. don't find a person a job, that's their livelihood. Mm -hmm. And so I got the understanding of getting to know people. But then I also got the really exciting opportunity to market people. I got to investigate their strengths. I got to understand what they were passionate about. And then I got to work with my entrepreneur background. I got to meet with these amazing corporations and companies and find the perfect fit. And I loved it. Um, I really loved matching people understand. Like I love the people side of it, of their strengths, but I also love supporting these businesses and finding the right people to help them grow. Mm-hmm. And so I love that part of it. Um, and through that part of it, I got an opportunity through one of my clients (laughs) to come work for them um, at a bank. And so I got a huge opportunity. They made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I then became a concierge banker. Um, And I loved it. So complete industry flip again. I was now in banking, but not. People hear my resume and they're like, so you did this, you did this, you did this. But it all has the same heart of what I do now. Yes. And so you know what I do now. So you see the heart of how it all connected. And so I was a country banker, which is very different. Um, than a tip. So I, I, I had multiple roles. I hand it rather than having a traditional bank, um, where you go to a teller to make transactions, you have an account manager to open accounts, and then you have a loan officer to handle loans. Mm-hmm. Um, I did all three. Mm-hmm. So I was your transaction person. I was your account manager. And then I handled small loans, such as like HELOCs. Mm-hmm. And so I got, to, but I got to really know my clients because of that. They walked mm-hmm. in the bank. I met them at the door and I escorted them to which of my several desks fit that need. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was really just this experience. And I'm still close to several of my clients today because of that dynamic of service and under, and looking at that investigatory sense of in, uh, knowing the full picture and helping them put the pieces mm-hmm. together. Um, so I love that. I was there for about a year and a half. And then my husband proposed uh, during that season. While I was there, he got promoted. Was, his career has been incredible. Um, he got promoted and moved to Kentucky. And while I honored that, um, he invited me to go with. And I said, we're missing something. <laughs> So we continued to date long distance and then he proposed. And so um, after we got married, I left that role and I moved to Bowling Green. So once again, starting over, mm-hmm. not knowing a soul other than my husband, having no network because I had just spent the last three, four years building a network in Nashville. And mm-hmm. now I'm in a brand new city where I know no one and I'm starting from scratch. And I loved it. I became a fitness instructor, um, and a health and wellness coach. And I taught fitness classes at the gym. And then my business started to grow and grow. And I then had the opportunity to serve on boards and of networking organizations and then community service. And because of all that, I got the opportunity to compete at Mrs. Uh, Kentucky, um, United States. And so through that, and I had competed previously when I was younger, Mm -hmm. um, but it was 
I was really excited about this opportunity because I felt healthy enough and I felt enlightened enough with who I was. Um, just to touch on that briefly, when I was in Texas, um, that modeling career I mentioned, part of that was yes. I competed at Miss Texas USA and that was a train wreck. It was so bad. I wish I, I wish I, I should send you pictures sometimes. Like it was so bad. It was a train wreck. So I didn't know what I stood for. I was doing it for external validation. I was doing it to fulfill a hole and to feel like I could achieve something and get a win. And mm-hmm. I was so underprepared. I didn't stand for anything. So I lost way too much weight. And my dress was, I looked like I was wearing my mommy's dress, like a little girl in her mommy's dress. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it was a train wreck. And I didn't even make top 15. And I remember a pageant judge coming up to me afterwards and just pouring into me and so, such a with such strength and love about how he had seen my transformation to this desperate point from the weight because I lost in, in way too much weight um and he had just seen that evolution that negative disintegration mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. and he spoke so much strength and love and he's like I don't even recognize you like you have to find yourself again. And that was really empowering. And so Mm -hmm. fast forward to this opportunity to compete at Mrs. Kentucky United States, I was, I was hesitant. Mm -hmm. And it was my husband that was such beautiful, so kind to me in that moment. He goes, you're not that little girl anymore. Mm-hmm. You, have so, you, ha- we had a baby at that point who was 18 months about, I'm guessing I, I the math is a little off, but about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And he was just, I was, I was, I had, I knew who I was. I knew mm-hmm. what I stood for. And mm-hmm. so taking that opportunity was so exciting. And so I won Mrs. Kentucky. Uh, yeah. So it was super exciting and everything was on top of the world. I was even awarded. Um, I got top Oh, thunderstorm. I'm sorry if you heard that, um, but <laughs> it rattled. I'm so sorry. Um, but with that, I got to compete at nationals. I was top five. I started, and it was through that evolution that I started to realize my own passion and my own business of mm-hmm. uh, understanding all of this coming into fruition as to who I was in that moment of the concierge banking and the client management. And That's what I was going to say. Yes, it's like you're seeing the young gal, you know, I'm talking about a young gal in mm-hmm. um, as a young person, high school, you know, the, the success orientation, but then going to college and being by yourself. And then I think that that uh, in listening to you, Son, the piece of the pageant in, in uh, that period was almost necessary because you oh, had sure. to really start to unravel and find you that centrifugal force of who you are. Wow, man, that is absolutely it. It's, that's what pageantry is. It's just this beautiful reflection, right? You're presenting. It's, it, it's such a level of self-awareness that people mm-hmm. don't realize because it's you're presenting yourself. You're, you're, you're showcasing your strengths, your talents, your hobbies, your passion, your platform. Mm-hmm. And it was through that experience of me getting wanting to compete again, that I got to kind of reflect on the whole picture of what is Sloan. Mm-hmm. And I saw these themes mm-hmm. and I saw this theme of servant leadership. And I saw this theme of self-worth advocate. And I saw this theme of strength finder and everything that I did. And so I started my company and then it was called the glow getter project. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And the reason why is it was me, the glow, the girl who wanting, who's go getting her glow, right? The go getter who's going after her glow yes. and it's a project. And it was me. It started off simply me sharing that it was because with my health and wellness clients, what I loved most about that experience was not helping them lose inches, was not helping them get fit. Right. I loved getting behind it. And I love talking about the mindset and the heart and who they were underneath it all, because that's the conversation. And it was a client who actually said to me, Sloan, why are you wasting your time with meal plans? And don't get me wrong. Like I love meal plans. I love macro counting. I love fitness. I think those are all important. They just weren't what I was passionate about. Right. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you light up when you, when you get to this side of it, why are you wait? Why are you setting this foundation? Because in my head, I was like, I have to earn your trust here before you trust me here. Mm-hmm. And she spoke life into me and goes, no, I already trusted you. I was just waiting for you to get here. And that oh. like unlocked me. And so that's when the glow getter project started. But as the glow getter project started to grow and I got to share that, I realized, oh, I, if anyone's been on a personal development journey, this is an ongoing journey. And for a project to be successful, it has to have a beginning, middle and end most Mm -hmm. importantly. Mm -hmm. And 
personal development and growth never ends. You want it in order for it to be successful, you have to keep moving. Mm -hmm. And so, and furthermore, it wasn't about me anymore. It was about this community that was forming and it was about people that I was getting to work with and his clients. So we lost the getter and it just became the glow movement because that's what it is, is a community of people coming together, really mm -hmm. striving to identify that spark within them so they can really own that glow and showcase it. And from that also stemmed my nonprofit, uh, the Glow Getter Foundation, which is another way that we invest and empower and inspire leaders. Um, and all of that happened as I was becoming Mrs. Kentucky. So, wow. so that's that whole platform of the evolution of young Sloan to middle Sloan to now Sloan mm -hmm. is coming together then to uh, solve a problem, serve a need and help the community as well. That's wonderful. And so you'll appreciate this quick twist, Megan. So that sounds really pretty, right? Yep. And oh, look how it's all come together. And I'm at the top of my world and I felt it. I felt like I was on top of my game. I was Mrs. Kentucky, top five at nationals, pageant planet's best body. My health and wellness business is thriving because it's really a mindset business. The glow movement is next level. Um, I'm getting, I'm president of everything. I'm in so I'm in getting to serve my community at all across the state. And then my husband gets another promotion. And we make a decision as a family to move to move again to Paducah. Mm. And Paducah is a beautiful small town. Highly recommend visiting. It just wasn't the right fit for me. And the reason why it wasn't the right fit for me is because of what it represented. It represented me starting over again. Sure, and I had sure. already done that over and over and over again in my life. And now I'm starting over again. And the the, to add salt in that wound is I'm starting over again and I know it's temporary. Yes. And they set the expectation when my, with this promotion that it was temporary and that you would be moving again. Now they set the premise of 18 months and my husband got promoted in 10 months. So <laughs> it was right. very quick, but we didn't mm -hmm. know that. And so for mm -hmm. me, I'm in this limbo of everything I tied my identity in was gone. I tied my identity in being Mrs. Kentucky and I gave up my title. I tied my identity up in being president of these organizations. And my, when I say I gave up my title, my year came to an end. It was time okay. to give up my title. It wasn't by, it was, I was crowned the next queen. <laughs> um, this is still Kentucky. So yes. Yeah. So, it came, so yes. I just, okay. my year had ended in mm -hmm. that transition and I crowned the next, my successor. Um, and then, but I had to step down from being president of organizations I really cared about. I had to leave my network, my community, my family, like my friends, like mm -hmm. my, like everything that had supported the build of my nonprofit. I had just hosted our black tie, creative black tie gala. And that was the community that rallied around me and they're gone now. Mm -hmm. And I am now in a new city where I know no one. And I have this hesitation to even go out and rebuild again, because I know that I'm going to lose it all again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it was, so I that season of my life, I call it getting Paducah was the best thing that ever happened to me. And it, in that season, I don't know that I would have told you that I probably, I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I was miserable. I gained so much weight. Um, if it wasn't for me getting to spend so much quality time with my son, mm -hmm. I don't know the person I would have became in that season, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but because I got out of bed every day to love on him and him and I got so much quality time together, but the reality is what I, what I gained away from my role as a mother mm -hmm. is I gained, I found me mm -hmm. and how I found me is who I am and who I am at my core, despite all the roles I play, Great. despite being Mrs. Kentucky, despite being president of X, besides being, having a thriving business, everything that I found value in after a year, after my whole lifetime of founding value and achievements and understanding and tying my worth to every achievement, being captain of the swim team, being a people's student ambassador, being president of this, my entire life had taught me that I am only worthy and I'm only valuable when I'm winning and when I'm achieving. Right. And then this season of my life, there was nothing to win. There was no. nothing to achieve. No. And you know, so those seasons to me, as I reflect on my personal life, are really gifts because it's mm -hmm. not the challenge. It's what you learn through them. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, at the, in the moment, it's very difficult. 
because you're in in the midst of it. But it's it, what you then have to pull in and reflect. And like you said, then you, mm-hmm. you know, time with your son. And I liken it to Proverbs 3, 5, 6, trust in the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. lean on him and he will direct your path. And um, it, it, they're rich seasons. They really are mm-hmm. in hindsight, but going through them, not so, you know, challenging like- times. And eek, I let go, I got to let go. Ego and pride kept me down, mm-hmm. but humility and grace set me free. And it was actually through really spending time discovering, like I had studied the Enneagram previously, but it was when this was the first time that I got to apply the Enneagram. Like this was the first time where I got to use the Enneagram as a shovel to dig me out of the hole or more of a ladder to help me climb out of the hole and then a compass to guide me back to who I am. Mm -hmm. And so during that season, I really focused on me and the Enneagram and my experience and my journey into finding who I am through it all and discovering that I am a three and my core irritants and my growth path and my triggers and my worldview and my shame and everything of that. And then in true leadership fashion and that servant leadership part that has been a consistent theme, I'm like, I want to incorporate this into how I serve others. And so since then I've become a certified Enneagram coach and life coach. And that is where the glow movement has evolved to is a really, really transformation coaching. So do uh, our guests, it, you know, uh, bless our guests with an information about the ideogram because, um, you know, of course I've heard the term, mm-hmm. but I really did not really know anything about it. And I have been a seeker of, um, you know, just different structures of learning and, and personality uh, over the years, but I really didn't know what that really entailed and what that was about. So why don't you just share, take a minute and share a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, what the Enneagram is, is what from a bird's eye view is a personality assessment, but I, I'm cautious of using that word because it really doesn't focus on behavior. Mm-hmm. It's, I like to describe it more as a self-awareness tool because the stere- there's nine types in the Enneagram and there's lots of, of course, it's becoming more and more trendy. So mm-hmm. of, co- of course there's lots of stereotypes tied to each type, but they really just focus on behavior, the heart and the why the root cause behind the behavior is what the true intention of the tool is. And when I gained that understanding is what really set me free. Mm -hmm. It's understanding that all every of the nine type have a core irritant that they're trying to manage and thus helps mold their core motivation and their blind spots and their triggers and their values and their strength is all from this core root cause. And then it shows up differently for each individual mm-hmm. in different behaviors, nice. but it's just such a beautiful tool. And I'm, I'm very careful to, I never type anyone because it's such an intimate experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I do offer in my business, a typing session, but I, I, it's mainly a discovery where I guide mm-hmm. my clients through the experience of getting to know themselves at this deeper well, being that's taking the lenses off or sometimes putting the lenses on to be able to see yourself at your core for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so from my personal experience as a three, and I always, I, I like to also stress that I don't, you are not your number. You identify with your number. Mm-hmm. And so I identify most with a three and as a three, the three has the core irritant of shame and justifying shame and trying to manage shame by justifying work, their worth, mm-hmm. which as a three usually comes out in the sense of achievement. This, the stereotype of the three is the achiever, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you've seen that repetitively throughout my life is this constant need to achieve. But the reason why I have that strong desire and that core motivation to win is because the reality is I'm trying to prove my worth. Mm-hmm. What being Paducah did for me <laughs> and is it took everything I tied my worth in a way mm-hmm. and helped me find that I'm worthy regardless. Mm-hmm. I can fail at everything and I still have value mm-hmm. and getting that season of getting Paducah and having the self-awareness tool to acknowledge, to help give me that clarity I was set free and I, and, but it also used it as this growth map. 
-hmm. Because as you explore the Enneagram on your journey, you have growth lines, you have wings, you have instincts. Um, There's so many layers to it. Um, There's your centers of expression through your tri-types. I mean, there's so many layers of it. It just serves as this phenomenal tool to really understand yourself. Because what I, when you initially started speaking about it, what I uh, immediately liked about it is it's practical, meaning understanding mm-hmm. behavior. Because mm-hmm. so often you hear identifications, but there's how do you even understand, not only how do you change that if it needs to be worked on, but what does that really mean? Yeah. Where this has a practical application to it. And then I was thinking as you were speaking, how um, uh, that you can evolve. Meaning you don't, it's not that you're always going to be here. You within the structure, uh, you have these layers, as you just said. And I always like to clarify that you always identify with the same number. Your your core type is consistent, but okay. exactly that. Like you can put, or using the three as a consistent example, like you can put 10 threes up in a line and their behavior is going to look completely different I see. because they have different influences. They have, they may have a different dominant wing. They may have a different instinct. And to your point, they may be at a different level of health. They might mm-hmm. be at a different level. They may be in a different season mm-hmm. where they're leaning into a different line. So they might be thriving. And so they're leaning into that humility for the three specifically into that humility and service opposed to retreating into the nine for rest. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's beautiful. Such a, what my, the greatest gift that the Enneagram has given me mm-hmm. is grace. It has given me grace for myself. It has given me grace for other people. Mm-hmm. It has given me a greater sense of, of understanding. And I still struggle. I still have those seasons of I'm only worthy if I'm the best. And of course, but what's so beautiful about this is I now have a tool to help me identify, okay, what triggered me? Mm-hmm. What caused me to go mm-hmm. into that spiral? Am I not setting healthy boundaries? Am I not communicating clearly? Am I not getting enough rest? Am I not? It, it allowed me to acknowledge to be more self-aware to your point, to not try to change the behavior because we all have a behavior. We want to change. I wish I was less insecure. Mm -hmm. I wish I didn't ramble. I wish I didn't, whatever the behavior is, Mm -hmm. if you don't know why that's happening, you're never going to be able to address it. And Mm -hmm. so it just serves of, I don't like that. This behavior keeps showing up for me, Mm -hmm. this Enneagram tool. And through me getting to work with my clients, I get to help people realize, Mm -hmm. okay, this behavior, but what's triggering you to cause that behavior. I see. Excellent. Really. And so mm-hmm. when you were in Paducah, when you were being mm-hmm. Paducah, did you go through training uh, with the ideogram? Is that what you're saying? Is that? Yeah. So there was some overlap. I started, I, I decided if I couldn't, if I couldn't network and build that way, I was going to work on me. And honestly, I think that was the best thing I could have done in that season is mm-hmm. I wanted to become a better mother. I wanted to become a better wife. And most importantly, I wanted to build a better relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know, like, and trust myself despite mm-hmm any role I was doing, but mm-hmm. just who I was at my core. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I started my, I have earned since earned three certifications in the Enneagram in addition from certifications from, um, in leadership, from high performance, executive and servant leadership, mm-hmm. because you know, that's my heart. Um, and then as further, I have in the process of receiving, um, my master certificate, a master coach certification as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. And so you were there for 10 months as you shared, um, yeah. And so then you, you and your husband and your son moved to Chattanooga, Chattanooga. and that's when you went to Chattanooga. Yes. Yes. And even that experience, like he got moved and it was, we, again, starting over, but there was a difference. Mm -hmm. Me, I was different. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Yes. So I could have looked at this as such a daunting experience of, oh no, I'm starting over again. But in reality, it was a new beginning Mm -hmm. because. I knew who I was mm-hmm. and so it was an opportunity. So mm-hmm. starting over always, there was an excitement of being 23, right? <laughs> but the difference about being Paducah is even when I moved to Bowling Green, like as a new, I was a newlywed. When I moved to Paducah, I was a mom of a very mm-hmm. little boy. Mm-hmm. So I was not only uprooting me, I was uprooting all the support system we had built. I was mm-hmm. uprooting his, like his network as well. And so there was a lot of guilt tied to that. Mm-hmm. And so part of the, I also believe that God set that mini example up for me. Mm-hmm. So I was able 
to be prepared for this bigger transition and hopefully a little bit more permanent. You want to hear God laugh, tell him your plan. So I'm not going to say permanent, <laughs> but a little bit more stable transition mm -hmm. because I was prepared. The first things I did is set up my son. He was going to have this thing and like integrate that support and then just build my internal support. It was just, I was so much more prepared and I had the confidence and the self-awareness and the self-trust mm -hmm. to know that I could handle it and with grace and with love. And I was, I saw it as an opportunity. And so mm -hmm. people tease me, they're like, you've done more in Chattanooga in the year and a half you've been here. And I've lived here my whole life. And it's because of that self-awareness and that self-love I see it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. How long have you been in um, where you're currently living? A year and a half. A year and a half. So I see that's what that year's referring to. And and like you said, there's no guarantee he, you, he could be transferred. But then you now have your foundation of who Sloan is and what your uh, heart is in reference to your career. So you can take that in your back pocket anywhere you go. So it's with your, your beautiful family. Mm -hmm. So you now are clear on who and what that is and how that looks. And to exactly to your point is I can serve anywhere. Mm -hmm. I, you and I have never met in person, but I feel yeah. so close to you yes. and it's purely virtual. And it's, it's seeing every obstacle, even with the last year, mm -hmm. I know we have all faced so uh, over a year now, mm -hmm. we have all experienced so many new challenges and so many obstacles that none of us were prepared for, no, no matter how many times you've been Paducah, <laughs> right? Like exactly no prepared for that. Exactly. But I felt like, and I say, I say this for me and please know my heart breaks for all the tragedy that is happening. But from the perspective within my four walls alone, mm -hmm. it has been a very, very enjoyable opportunity to maximize efforts. I have seen it as from a very selfish standpoint and please know, like, I want to stress my heart breaks. Oh, no. the world. But no, I, I think too, though, I just want to say this. I have talked to people who have had losses and I'm sure you have too, uh, whether it be, um, a, death or a job mm -hmm. um, and every I, everyone that I've spoken to who has had a challenge a very serious challenge heartbreak recognized too that on some not the challenge not the loss but that um, change is inevitable and good and mm -hmm. that we've all gone through this together yeah. in this world and I have just seen this past year, it has opened up and presented so many opportunities mm -hmm. for connection. I think we value yes. connection more Absolutely. because we value connection more and we value people more. And it just really amplified me in this self-awareness journey. It I have always wanted invested in clients, but I have taken on more clients in the last six months than I have taken in the last five years. Yeah. And the reason why is my fire is amplified. My mission is bigger and people mm -hmm. are desiring, I think through any loss or change or obstacle, we understand the necessity for not only connection, but self-awareness. And, and, and I think that that is one of another unexpected gift of this last year. It is. It's really, uh, there's always those several silver linings within that storm. And, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it, I truly know and not think, but I know that it is then about self-awareness to stop. Like you said about Paducah, mm -hmm. you had to stop yourself and instead of having a total pity party to say, okay, wh what's going on here and how yeah. can I reflect upon this? So it is about that, that, uh, inner reflection that is so key. Otherwise mm -hmm. you're going to continue to repeat those patterns and the mm -hmm. individuals that have flourished in this season are the ones that really have taken advantage of the opportunities such as clubhouse where we met yes and exactly seeing that as an opportunity it wasn't another obligation i mean no. you and i were sharing previously like i i host a room pretty consistently mm -hmm. um but through that it's an opportunity to connect with more and more people and i mean i have had the honor and i have clients now but honestly but more importantly i have friends from all across the world yes. and I can literally, I, I am bold enough to say that I could travel to many parts of the 
whole country and I'll have a connection there or I'll have a resource there. I'll know someone who knows someone because of the connections I've made on that app and because of the willingness people are to those connections. It's one thing to be willing yourself, but I feel like we're in this incredible season of people being open to that. We joked in our room, like, are you creeping with confidence? It felt like you were creeping when trying to connect with someone. Mm -hmm. And now this this clubhouse community is like, no, of course we're connecting. It's creepy if you don't want to connect. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. And I've shared this with you uh, personally, but uh, we had snow Mageddon here or ice Mageddon and uh, in Texas and uh, you being, you know, from Texas, I mean, those poor palm trees you mentioned, I I can't even believe these poor palm trees should not ever be in zero degree, right? For three days or four days. Uh, But we also didn't have any uh, Wi-Fi or phone Mm -hmm. service for a week. So I read The Alchemist. It had been a book on my shelf saying, I'll get to that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a story. I, you know, I'm reading self-help books. And um, I took it off the shelf and read it among many others because I had couldn't do anything else. And, um, and then I was on Clubhouse. And what the when we finally got Wi-Fi about probably we only a week later, and there was that and look at the serendipity. There was a book club just starting on the alchemist. That was our first book. Mm-hmm. And that, even the journey of that, and what I love about our connection through this journey, because I think it's such a testament to your heart, is you're just such this, and you'll have to remind me, but it reminds of the people, the camel guides through across the desert of the alchemist. What were those called? Camel guides? I think that's what they, the camel guide. I think so. Like so many roles through that. Like I see that in you, and you were the very first person to, to highlight the theme in our book club of the alchemist being a journey. Mm-hmm. And we've continued that theme unintentionally. Exactly. We've, yes, we've, it's we've ironic. carry water and now mm-hmm. we're in the four agreements and mm-hmm. this continuous theme of embracing the journey. And I think that speaking of personal themes and purpose and mission, I feel like that is so in your heart. Like where I say I'm a strength finder, self-worth advocate, servant leader, Part of your personal themes is this guide on this journey, because I see that in so much in wanting to celebrate the stories of your guests and even how you connect on Clubhouse. It's very, very much from a heart of connection, but it's mm-hmm. deeper than that. It's it's connecting the journey to the purpose that is mm-hmm. so profound. So but yeah, yeah being able to connect you. on that level has been really exciting and selfishly fun for me. <laughs> thank you. From, you know, from your perspective as a, a, a leader and a trainer. Uh, and a coach. Uh, that is because what I truly feel, and I'm now talking personally, I normally don't do this, but is that um, I'm at a season in my life that other people and family say this to me, mm-hmm. why are you doing all this? Well, I couldn't breathe and not do this mm-hmm. because it truly is in my spirit and my soul. And I've been doing this since I can reflect upon myself. You know, I was the one that was putting on the plays and and bringing all the kids together and being their champion, you know, Mm -hmm. and so uh, I couldn't live if I wasn't. And so my heart is to help others along their journey. And I've been blessed Mm -hmm. to have a very rich journey, uh, many pitfalls and many challenges, but uh, but I'd like to help people uh, even if they're in that pitfall, you know, and you know what I'm saying. <laughs> every day with your uh, your uh, clients, so it's just that's why I wanted to highlight how we met and also mm-hmm. Clubhouse because uh, it's going to change as the world is opening up, but um, the essence of Clubhouse won't. But people, w- I don't think, will spend as much time as they have in the past because I think it's been truly a blessing for so many people to have that connection and community during this this season. It's been amazing. And, and I think what's so beautiful about it is it's not meant to stay the same. It's that's not, right. it's, that's, right. that's the point. And mm-hmm. it's not, it, it, what it has served in this season is exactly how it was supposed to be and how it evolves moving forward and how people adapt to it is exactly what it's meant to do. And mm-hmm. I've already watched the creators of the app adapt as quickly as possible to this evolution. And I mm-hmm. think it's that innovative mindset that even the founders of the app have that will mm-hmm. help 
it evolve and grow as things are changing, but as us as users of the platform and it's, it's every platform. It's Facebook has had, Facebook was not, it's not the same Facebook I signed on when I was in college. Not at all. (laughs) No, you're you're so right. I, and I think that's what's, it's not meant to be the same. It's supposed that's to evolve true. with its people. And I think it's important for us to also realize that we're meant to change. We're mm-hmm. meant to evolve. Like if I'm the same, I'm not the same person I was before we started this interview. I have grown and I have been filled up and I've been changed. And that's what we're meant to do. I don't want to be the same. If you meet me 10 years from now and I'm this person now, like we we need to stop slowing out of it. She's she's in a season of Paducah again. <laughs> Like we need to, we need to get her out of this. Like Sloan 10 years and 10 years from now is going to look at this interview and be like, Oh, she's precious Sloan. (laughs) She's doing the best she could with what she knew then. And that's, I'm excited for that. I'm not, I don't, I I don't feel guilt by that. I don't feel because I'm not her yet. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I'm not valuable now. Oh my gosh. No. And that's, I look back on myself, you know, Mm -hmm. when I started my first skincare brand in 92 and Mm -hmm. it's like, that's interesting. But, but, but I don't look at Megan in 1992 with any question mark or any disdain. What I look at is like she was in the beginning of her journey and she's just continued on. And that's what you're doing, you know, that you're just, you now have that foundation and mm-hmm. it will evolve, trust me, but, but you have that foundation and you'll continue on. No doubt like about it. Yeah. No, and I like to equate it to a toolbox. Mm-hmm. All these experiences, 92 experience, 1992 experience for Megan, mm-hmm. you were just putting tools in your toolbox. That's right. And each experience, I've done the same. Each experience, we just keep loading it up. We don't, we don't use every tool in the toolbox in every season of every moment of our lives, but they're there. And as we grow and we get to develop and some, we need to dust off on occasion and make sure we still know how to use it. That's <laughs> That's right. I've been guilty of that. I'd be like, oh, I'm pulling that out of the toolbox and it's rusty and broken. I'd be like, mm, air, and I have to revisit that growth opportunity. And re- but you know re- that that tool is there in that toolbox yeah. that you can. So that leads me to our, the perfect segue uh, to our close. And I hate that this uh, time is over. This is uh <laughs> closing, but, uh, but uh, when you, uh, uh, I think you commented on this, yes, when we began the um, uh, kind of collage uh, presentation of some of our guests that have been on during this year. We have celebrated our year anniversary about a month ago. And so, yeah, we started around Easter last year. And uh, so we've uh, mid-April. And so now we're evolving and evolving. But uh, the um, I have asked for a year, and I don't even remember how, why and how I uh, put this uh, in it, but um, I ask every guest as we close the same thing. And um, Sharon Lecter, as you saw in that, I have had the blessing to interview she, and uh, she uh, is a friend, and I've known her for uh, about three or four years. And um, But she and Greg Reed, um, who were the co-authors of Three Feet from Gold. And I don't know if you've ever read Three Feet from Gold, but it's a great book. But there is a thread to it. And Sharon created what she calls her success formula. And and it's in the book, but she also uses it in her coaching and teaching. And uh, it is that uh, your passion plus talent times association plus action plus faith equals success. Now, I'm not going to ask you all of them, but Sloan, what is your passion and what is your talent? um, We'll start all either, both are aligned. I think my passion is really just that, I guess they go in line. My talent and my passion have been so blended for me Mm -hmm. that it's just, they both serve. I've used my talent to serve my passion and vice versa, because Mm -hmm. I believe my talent is that strength finder. I believe it is that encourager that I want, I, I always say, I'll believe in you until you believe in yourself. And I love being that strong voice. I love to speak life. I, I believe that that is ingrained in me is to speak life and to paint picture and help you see the beauty that is within you, that inner glow. And I have turned that into my passion in be, helping people 
build that relationship with themselves and to really, really embrace knowing, liking and loving themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I feel it is this beautiful, and I do that in everything that I do. If it's with a coaching client, if it's me on clubhouse, if it's me mentoring young girls, if it's me at the grocery store, if it's, if it's me pumping gas, if it's me playing with my son, I want to show up as that, this light of love consistently. And I'm not perfect. My light gets dim on occasion, but that is what, when I'm grounded back in that of, I am a light and I show up in love. That is how my passion and my talent come together. That is the plus sign between the so two. Beautiful. And I'm going to attest uh, <laughs> to join all of us on Sunday evening. It's 830 central. The only reason I'm sharing this, this is for the uh, 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 book club. On mm-hmm. Clubhouse, but the reason I bring this up is what you just said because you are authentically you all the time. Because mm-hmm. as a moderator in that, and I on occasion come to your daily, but I'm get mm-hmm. I get into my daily, uh, you know, work and it's harder to step away. But mm-hmm. on Sunday night, I am there, and you are always absolutely uh, taking that love and that guidance to everyone in every uh, topic that we discuss. So you are authentically Sloan in that love and light always. Well, always. Thank you. Thank you. I, and I always like, that means so much. And I'm one of my things I'm working on is taking a compliment. So I'm just going to say thank you and embrace that. <laughs> but also just be really in, in my heart of encouragement. I just always like to start. It's easy for me to show up in that way, in those environments, that room is filled with so much love and surrounded by open-minded people mm-hmm. and getting to be one-on-one here where you're in your element and you were just so full of light. Like I'm feeling your energy. And so it's easy to show up as that authentic self. Mm-hmm. I, I always like to be very intentional that I have those darker moments, that I have those moments of frustration and where I don't show up, I'm showing up authentically. It's just not the behavior I want to be authentic to me. Yes. Yes. And so I always like this because I, I would, what I would, I think it'd be a disservice to say to people, Hey, you, once you have our self-aware and are enlightened, it's going to be perfect all the time, or you're going to, or you're a failure. And the reality is it's the resilience and it's, and it's the heart of grace. And part of that is giving yourself grace. I had to give myself grace 10 times today. <laughs> Let me tell you what, when, when the Wi-Fi is not working, the weather's storming, the cat just climbed the curtain. Like you just have to give yourself grace in those Makes moments sense. and at, through that process. But then you also have to hold yourself, have that ownership mm-hmm. to love yourself enough to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that balance. So I so appreciate the compliment. I'm so honored that you see that in me because that is my heart and that is my mission. Um, and I am still very much a work in progress. <laughs> well, you were very clear and I so appreciate your transparency and you were very clear that this is, um, has been a journey mm-hmm. and that it is the, the, in this journey and evolution that, um, you have come to this place and you're just embracing it. And mm-hmm. that's what I truly want our guests to, you know, get from these um, wonderful guests that I have been blessed to have that it is not just, you didn't just appear on the stage of, you know, Miss Kentucky, Mrs. Kentucky rather, yes. meaning it was an evolution of life. Yes. And so, and you're, that's why you won because <laughs> it wasn't just your beauty outside, mm-hmm. but the inside came out as well. So mm-hmm. you are a treasure, Sloan, and I'm so blessed to know you and call you friend. Really mean I'm that. very thankful for you, Megan. I so believe in what you're doing and your heart and speaking of passion and purpose and talent. I think you are living that out and it is just an honor to be a part of it. So thank you. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to our guests. And so if you wouldn't mind just being in the green room for a minute and I'll come back to us. Hi. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So. Wow, wow, wow. What a wonderful hour to splend, to spend with beautiful Sloan Reed, inside and out, just a beauty uh, through and through. So I truly ask you a favor to share this out. You might have already done it, but if you haven't, please share this out. Uh, It will be on replay. But there are thousands of people that need to hear and know Sloan Reed, know her journey. Uh, her, uh, she's really, uh, you know, evolving in the beginning stages of her life. And there's so many people that uh, of her 
you know, marriage and child and business life and putting her company together of coaching and, and working with people. Uh, so it, there's so many people in this stage of their life that need to hear this. But the other piece is that Sloan's information is in the text of these posts. It's also on YouTube. You will be able to reach Sloan and um, Sloan is available to you. So do share this out. Do go to YouTube. Please subscribe to the Megan DiMartino um, Unique Leaders page. They're amazing. I mentioned Sharon Lecter as I was speaking to uh, with uh, Sloan at the last piece of the interview. But there are so many other amazing people with their own unique stories. Uh, so please do go there. And then on Tuesday, so, uh, the uh, podcast for Sloan's uh, story and segment will be up on all the uh, podcast platforms. So just know that that will be out. But again, this is available on uh, all of my Facebook pages and also, um, as I said, YouTube, and then it'll be on replay uh, tomorrow. So please do share this out. We thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next Wednesday for Megan DiMartino Live and then next Friday for another Unique Leaders Live. Thank you so much and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at MeganDiMartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, hope and possibilities just over the horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.